Hello, everyone. Sorry about the delay. Um, just had trouble getting some of the videos to um, transfer properly onto the church computer, but such is life. And as we have discovered, especially during um, this week, as our lockdown has been extended um, for another week, and we'll have to see how much longer it lasts. But, um, you know, when, when, when we heard the news, even before we, we saw the writing on the wall, and we realized that we wouldn't be able to have our um, Thanksgiving service, our last Thanksgiving service at 500 Collins Street. So I had a little cry, um, but accepted that, you know what, um, this is just one of the many losses we've had due to this pandemic. And there are far greater losses that I know many of you are experiencing. And um, yeah, I think it's it's one of the things that we've come to accept as um as we, you know, live through this pandemic and the lockdowns and, and the implications of all that, that, um, that, yeah, we're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. And we get to still have this, um, online. And I hope that you'll be able to join us. There's going to be two parts to today's service. The first bit being here on the live stream on YouTube, where, uh, Roy and I will both be sharing a bit of the history of our seven and a half, uh, years, um, at 500 Collins street and our church history, our whole history has been there. Um, the second part of our service will be on zoom where we want to invite you to give you an opportunity to come and share with us um, and, uh, and Derek um, what, what Melbourne City Adventist Church has meant to you over the years. Um, and so that link will be, will be shared as well. Um, just a few announcements before we dive into it. Um, tonight we do have our, uh, another church business meeting um, to finalize where we're going to be from September to December. And so if you could please join us at 5.30 on Zoom. Um, we look forward to giving you an update. Um, for, since our last business meeting, we'll give you an update of, of how things have progressed um, and where we are now. Also today is um, Roy's birthday. Uh, you know what? I realized I haven't been... Sorry, I'm so out of it today. It's been a long week, folks. Um, today is Roy's birthday. Um and it's also Torby's birthday on Monday and Emma's birthday on Wednesday. Um, and it was Joy's birthday yesterday, I just found out, thanks to, th to Facebook. But um, yeah, so if you join us on Zoom, maybe we'll sing them all happy birthday. We also want to say congrats to Esther, whose um, membership transferred officially got uh, finalized this week. Now, Esther has been a part of our church for many years, um, but officially welcome Esther to Melbourne City Adventist Church. Today's offering is uh, going towards Adventist Media. Basically, the media um, center at the Australian Union, they provide various resources, whether it's videos, uh, websites, um, and now they're working on an app to um, make it easy for you to share your faith with others. And so whatever you contribute towards um, the, the uh, local, the today's offering is going towards Adventist uh, Media. If you would like to contribute to Melbourne City Adventist Church or for ADRA or for any other offering um, options, if you go to egiving.org.au, there's a lot of options on there um, of how you can give. Just make sure you select Melbourne City Adventist Church as your local church as you give your tithes and offerings. Uh, it's been quite a week for us. Um, we... You know, are working through the challenges of the lockdown, like all of you, um, balancing remote learning and um, working. And so we've had 
long days, long nights. Um, I'm not sure how much Roy and I slept in, in the past week, but not much as you'll be able to tell. Um, but let's have a pray- word of prayer together, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you have been so faithful to us as a church, to us as individuals. You have been so faithful. And even though we aren't able to meet in person, we're so thankful that we we have the technology to meet online, to be able to celebrate and share together what you have done for us, um, what you have done through us and what you're doing for us as we, as we move from here. And so, Father, thank you for being with us. And we ask for your Holy Spirit as we look back on the past to have confidence in the future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So I'm going to be sharing the beginning, the beginning of Melbourne City Adventist Church. So in July of um, 2011, a handful of young professionals under the lay leadership of Martina Stanley started meeting at the Library of the Grand Hyatt Uh, on Collins Street in Melbourne CBD. And they started meeting monthly to discuss topics that were not often addressed from a Christian perspective. Um, These individuals, such as Michael and his brand new wife, Sam, had found a unique opportunity uh, through through this group called City Seekers, um, a chance to voice their insights and, and discuss these ideas. In July of 2012, so a whole year later, this group then... um, were meeting in the Stanley home on a Saturday afternoon and they were dreaming of a church, a church in the city that would value such open dialogue attractive to young professionals. And and by young, I mean really young. I mean, I think Michael at the time was like 23, you know, Sam 24, 25 around there. So um, yeah, these are young professionals who said, hey, wouldn't it be great to have a, a church in the city where we can have such dialogue more often? So then uh, the conference leadership at that time had, had the vision um, to, to support this and back this. And so they hired a young couple from America, uh, Roy and myself, to come and lead this group of lay people to plant a new church in Melbourne CBD. Um, and so we came, we met the group, and um, you know we started out by increasing the frequency of our meetings together, um, it kind of, we, we morphed it from that meeting at the Grand Hyatt to a uh, meeting in our homes. Um, and so sometimes we would meet um, in our home. Back then we, we had um, a place in the city. Sometimes we met uh, at Simon Michael's place in Coburg, which is now our place because we moved there. Um, and sometimes we met at the Stanley home in Doncaster. And, this small group grew in number, especially as um, Galen and Janelle, who who um, Roy knew, brought their uh, small group, which was meeting in Spencer Street, and they brought their small group to merge with um, City Seekers. And so, um, yeah, so the group started to to grow from you know a handful to um, a group a, a, a nice size that was um, excited to start something new in the city. Like I said, we were really young then. Um, you know, Roy and I, all of us were in our 20s. Um, and Galen, whose heart is forever in your 20s, Galen, <laughs> you, um, we were just so, you know, when I look back, you know, this week as I was preparing for this, um, it just brought back so many memories. And I look back and I think to myself, man, we were so young. And I know we're still young, but we were really young back then, um, you know, talking and dreaming of this city. 
brainstorming, praying. We spent about a year, you know, meeting in small groups, um, meeting outside of small groups, uh, brainstorming, praying. There were just lots of hours spent thinking about what kind of church we wanted to create. There were times of loss and transition and storming. And, and after all that, um, we went away for a weekend at Phillip Island together. Um, this, this was it. This was the rem, this was the, the final little group that was going to start a church in the city. And, um, we came up at this retreat, the name of Melbourne city Adventist church. And we talked about what kind of a church it would be. We came up with strategies and vision and mission and target and everything. Um, and it's kind of amazing. I was, I want to, by the way, thanks Sam for digging up these pictures. Um, this picture here is labeled, was labeled, um, in my, in my computer as milestone. And it's amazing because this picture was taken on August 14, 2013. So exactly eight years ago. And you'll see, you might notice that Michael's holding up a document and it was called milestone because this was the day, you know, here's, here's, uh, our place in the city in, on August 14, 2013. And this was the day that we submitted our very first um, a proposal to the South Pacific Division asking for funding to start a church and to have a ministry in the city. And um, here we are exactly eight years later, eight years and seven applications later, and we're at another milestone in our church. So what was this vision? You know, you, you can't tell, I, I, you know, you can't zoom into that picture, but I, I want to share with you today what we came up with eight years ago um, when Micah was a baby. We said, Melbourne City Adventist Church, this, this was our vision. We want our church to be a growing, loving community where everyone can develop a genuine and dynamic relationship with God. Our vision is to apply and share the beliefs and values of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in a way that is relevant to the people of Melbourne. And our mission statement, you would have seen this on our banners, is loving God, loving others, and exploring a Christ-centered worldview. Now I'm going to explain what that means in a minute. But we also came up with seven core values. The first is the Adventist message. We believe that the Bible presents a gospel worldview that is practical, relevant, and that promotes physical, relational, and spiritual well-being. Building upon the faithfulness of God and the response of his followers throughout the ages, the Seventh-day Adventist movement articulates this worldview for the 21st century. Our second value is relevance. And these are not in, in order of importance. They're just seven values. We want our ministry to be practical and accessible to people in Melbourne City. Each element of our church service, small groups, and ministries is designed and regularly reviewed to be intentional and meaningful. We are respectful of the unique Melbourne culture and will do our best to express ourselves in ways that are compatible with that culture. However, operating from a position of respect for the city we live in, we may challenge some of the thoughts and ideas that we believe stand in the way of helping our fellow Melburnians to have happier and more meaningful lives. And by the way, you know, when we talk about how we want our service and small groups and everything to be reviewed regularly, to be intentional, meaningful, we, we've been doing this every six months 
during normal times, not during the pandemic. We've been reviewing how is our service really helping those who walk into a church for the very first time feel like they're not in a different universe and feel like they can belong. Um, and so when we started out, we discussed at length, you know, about making offering something that doesn't make people feel awkward, um, et cetera. So that's one of our values. Our other value has been open and inquiring minds. Our attitude is one of openness to different perspectives and ideas. Our small group base was founded on the belief that if you allow people to question, explore their doubts and ideas, they will be more certain of their convictions. We recognize that our target group are likely to have inquiring minds that are keen to explore ideas and build their knowledge. As such, we will ensure that our programs are rich in content and provide varied opportunities for learning. And so, in other words, we welcome questions. We we don't want everyone to just give us, you know, um, what we what they think we want to hear. We we really want to hear what you 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 are going through and thinking about. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. Another value is inclusivity. We foster an environment that is suitable for inviting unchurched people, regardless of whether it is a small group, church service, or social activity. This impacts our use of language and the assumptions we make about people's knowledge base. We want newcomers and regulars alike to engage with the service in a meaningful way and feel like they belong. Next is community. Um, we believe everyone is worthy of love and needs a place to belong. We want our church to be a loving community where genuine relationships can be created and nurtured and where everyone knows your name. Little throwback to Fraser. <laughs> Oh, Cheers, is it? Okay. Well, Cheers and Frasier, they really have similar uh, characters. Anyways, getting sidetracked. <laughs> Discipleship. Jesus calls us to follow him and to make disciples. Our church provides Bible studies, small groups, and workshops to provide avenues for people, uh, for, sorry, for personal spiritual growth and tools for outreach. We want to equip every member to know Jesus well and to make Jesus known. We want to identify, develop, and empower leaders. And mind you, this is our, our, our goals. doesn't mean that we've achieved all of these. Um, it's ongoing, isn't it? And of course, mission, which is um, last but definitely not the least. We want to effectively share the good news of Jesus and the biblical principles of holistic living that can meet the physical, relational, and spiritual needs of our community. We use diverse and creative methods of outreach, including technology, seminars, and community service. And we've done some outdoor uh, exercise groups. And so, yeah, we've tried to achieve mission um, in various ways. And so I share this with you. Um, thank you for listening. I share this with you because this is, this is, this is how and why our church existed and, and was birthed. Um, this was the foundation and framework. And that's why, for those of you who have actually been to our church service, um, a real one, in, in, not just a live version, um, uh, sorry, an online version, you might have noticed that, yeah, we, we are a little bit different. We don't do things the same way other churches perhaps do them. Um, and that's because we're really trying to not just do it because that's how it's always been done um, or, or not just do it because that's what, you know, Christians and, and, you know, members are comfortable with, but because it's something that actually brings people from all backgrounds uh, together closer to exploring God, exploring the gospel worldview and connecting with each other. And that's why we have what's called the exchange. So normally, pre-pandemic and hopefully post-pandemic, we have um, this time called the exchange, where after the sermon, we have uh, we break into smaller groups, and we divide, we have these questions that have been pre-written by amazing teams, who come up with questions that um, 
that really allow people of all backgrounds, regardless of whether they're Christian or not, to be able to engage with the topic of the day. And these questions are meant to be, you know, complex, meaning, you know, like I said earlier, we want honest, robust dialogue that sometimes leave us with more questions than answers, but really leads us to that dynamic, layered, and nuanced relationship with God. A truly uh, prophetic and remarkable woman named Ellen White, who was one of the founders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and, and they too, you know, back in the Seventh-day Adventist Church history, all the founders were in their 20s, and not all of them, but a lot of them were really young. And um, this is what she said. She said, there is no excuse for anyone in taking the position that there is no more truth to be revealed and that all our expositions of scripture are without an error. The fact that certain doctrines have been held as truth for many years by our people is not a proof that our ideas are infallible. Age will not make error into truth, and truth can afford to be fair. No true doctrine will lose anything by close investigation. We are living in parallel times, and it does not become us to accept everything claimed to be truth without examining it thoroughly. Neither can we afford to reject anything that bears the fruit of the Spirit of God, but we should be teachable, meek, and lowly in heart. And this is why our, our tagline of you know exploring a Christ-centered worldview, we're giving you a safe place to explore a Christ-centered worldview. So a place where without pressure and without judgment, you can you can get to know God. You can get to ask questions. You can get, you know, whether you've been going to church and have been a believer for 20 years or two weeks um, or one day, the idea is that you are invited to that safe place um, to exchange our worldviews, to learn from each other, ultimately learn from God um, and see the world differently. And so this was our little team and our vision for the church. It's, you know, it was a big dream, but we needed a place to make this dream come true. So that's the part that Roy is going to now share with you. Good morning, everyone. So at the beginning of 2014, we started looking for a venue to start uh, our church service. And we explored renting space at one of the colleges in Parkville. We looked at some of the places uh, in the CBD. And on average, we found that each venue was asking for about 500 dollars uh, per weekend and if you calculate that over the course of a year it was going to cost us twenty six thousand dollars a year just to uh, pay for rent to run church service um, to sustain church uh, to sustain a church service now at the time there was a core group of about 12 of us um, and and running church service at a minimum of twenty six thousand dollars a year just wasn't sustainable so we prayed that God would give us direction and lead us to the right, uh, lead us to the right venue. Um, I remember concluding one season of prayer with Jinha, and uh, she finished the prayer by saying, uh, "And God, please let the venue be free, Amen." And I remember giving her a funny look, thinking, or actually telling her, "That's that's not a realistic prayer request." And anyway, we kind of moved on and kept looking for um, venues to run our church service. Now, shortly after that moment, uh, I called a man by the name of Derek for a lunch catch-up. 
our leadership had written a strategic plan for starting a church service. And within that plan, there were a few different options of how we might make the church service sustainable. One of the options was uh, starting a business to uh, subsidize the costs of ministry. And Derek had looked at our plan. And when we caught up for lunch, he said, it looks like you need a venue for your church. I've got an office space here in the city. If you want to take a look, I can take you there after lunch. Um, in my mind, I was picturing a small office space with a handful of cubicles, and I wondered, what's it going to be like to run church in an office space? Now, try and remember the first time that you stepped into 500 Collins Street. Stepping out of the lift on the 10th floor, there's kind of this overwhelming sense of awe that kind of takes takes a person by surprise. Uh, for me, I remember thinking, this space is amazing. And I'm not going to lie, the next thought that crept in my mind was, how much? And when Derek told me, don't worry about rent, just run your church, I was so taken aback Um I didn't know how to express my gratitude. And as I was trying to fumble through some words, Derek just kind of softly said, Roy, there are people like me that are looking for people like you to do God's work. And it that lesson has just kind of really embedded in my heart in that when God's people want to do God's work, um, finances shouldn't be the greatest hindrance to the fulfillment of that of that work you know that night when i went on google um to share the location of the building with the with the other leaders i came across this interesting um little bit of information on the map um as you notice 500 collins street sits on the corner of collins street and church lane and it just kind of amazed me that God had provided a free space for us to launch our church service. The Melbourne City Adventist Church uh, started its first service in on February 1, 2014. Since then, we have had 347 worship services. Over 2,000 different individuals have walked through the doors to attend the Melbourne City Adventist Church. At the moment, 92 people are actively a part of our community. We've had seven baby dedications. Our children's ministry in our church has gone from, gone from two babies in 2014 to 18 children this year, aged between three weeks to 13 years old. And if we count Torby's birthday on Monday, then it'll be 14 years old. We've live-streamed over 300 services from 500 Collins Street, and now we have 242 subscribers from interstate and overseas who watch, uh, who watch our services regularly or listen to our podcasts regularly. About 288 hours of Bible studies have been held midweek at 500 Collins Street in the evenings and Saturday afternoons. Ten people have been baptized with another four preparing for baptism. Three people have joined our church through profession of faith, with another two preparing to join us. A total of 25 individuals have transferred their membership to the Melbourne City Adventist Church since we've started. There's been one pastor who has been commissioned through our church 
one pastor who has been ordained. We've had five evangelistic series that have run um, in, in 500 Collins Street. And thanks to the storage available to us at 500 Collins Street over the years, we've distributed over 40 backpack beds, socks, scarves, jackets, undergarments, and toiletries for the homeless in the city. Our church is made up of a network of three small groups and one Bible study group. As you can, I don't know how big your screen is that, that, that you're watching this live stream on. For those of you who are watching on your mobile phones, apologies. Um, we have one small group in Williamstown, one small group in Coburg, and one small group that runs out in Morobach. Now, if you're looking at the circle that's covering half of the city that says, um, our, I can't even read it myself, and I wrote it. Uh, RMH, excuse me, that stands for the Royal Melvin Hospital. Um, some of you may be wondering what that group is. Um, Shane and I have talked about starting a Bible study group in the hospital for about a year. And a couple of months ago, we launched a Bible study group in the boardroom in the IT department at the hospital. So since we've started, uh, we've probably run the Bible study group maybe about four times. And it's about it's been a little bit challenging with the lockdowns uh, being on and off, um, which has limited uh, my access to the, to, to the hospital. But the last time that we ran the Bible study, uh, we had about seven individuals uh, that had joined us for Bible study. And it was quite incredible for me to look across the room at Shane and then five, uh, six other of his colleagues who are engaging, uh, discussing the book of Daniel together. Uh, but it's been incredible to see how, how God has kind of brought people together uh, in Shane's workplace. As Jinha and I have reflected on the past eight years, we can see how our church has ministered to people in Melbourne in different ways. Uh, having a church in an accessible central location with an active online presence um, has brought a number of people into our church family. You know, as, I've, as we've thought about the past eight years, it just reinforces in my mind that God has a purpose for this church. God has a reason why you're a part of this church. You know, there's so many stories of individuals whose lives have been changed by this church. I think of the time when our church was contacted by a pastor in Scotland, and he had said, there's a young man from Melbourne who is traveling through the UK. He wants to get baptized, and he's heading back home in a couple of months. Um, would you be able to give him Bible studies? After meeting Cameron for the first time, I asked him what led him to be uh, what led him to want to be baptized on that Sabbath morning, and he had said, "I was staying at an Airbnb with an Adventist family in Scotland, and they were such an amazing family that I just felt such a strong need of God in my heart." Over the years, our church has become a spiritual home for Cameron. He's someone who is uh, who who was not a Christian. He didn't come from a church background, and yet a couple of years later, as a result of this church, Cameron has given his life to Christ and has become a part of this church family. I think of James, who initially moved to Melbourne from Albury. Uh, he hardly knew anybody, and yet he found community in Galen's small group. And I believe at the time, Galen's small group consisted of Galen and Janelle and James. It was the three of them, and they just they powered through starting a small group on Spencer Street. So I think of James who found community in Galen's small group. He's baptized. He's become a leader in our church. 
if you look at the majority of the media ministry that exists in our church, James is the one who set it up. You know, we started services February of 2014. James started live stream, uh, live, the option for live streaming uh, April of that year, just two months later. So, yeah, much of our media ministry exists because of James. Now, if I, if I remember correctly, it was while at a small group social that James met a girl named Kim. And uh, if my memory serves me correct, the group went out for laser tag. And I reckon one of the laser beams from Kim's gun just kind of shot James right through the heart because he was smitten from that point on. Fast forward a little bit down the road and James and Kim are dating and the two of them were just attached at the hip. I remember at their wedding thinking, it's incredible to see the journey of this young man who came into our church as as a 22-year-old and now who is married. It's incredible to see how our church has done meaningful, how our church has played a meaningful part in the lives of individuals. I think of Mary, who invited her friend Michelle to check out a church in the city. Michelle, getting a feel for what our church is about, then invites her boyfriend Andy. Michelle also invites her brother Michael to church. Then Michael, getting a feel for our church, invites his girlfriend Bernie to our church. It's amazing that their whole family has become an important part of our, of, of our church community. I think of Ruth, who lives all the way out in Geelong, who catches a train I don't know why that makes me emotional. <laughs> I'm, fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I think of Ruth who catches a train every weekend from Geelong all the way into the city to come worship with us. Uh, I think of the issues that she's had with her back and, and, and the pain that she's experienced. I think of Mervyn and Scarlett and how they used to live in the city but recently found work in Torquay. And I was so disappointed thinking, oh, man, we're going to lose another couple from the city and they're going to move out to Torquay. (laughs) And then realizing that they moved five minutes away from Ruth and how they can now provide support to Ruth. You know, it just solidifies in my heart. God has a purpose for our church and he has a plan for our church moving forward. Six times we applied for funding for our church without success. And in December last year, (laughs) (laughs) nobody's even here. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. That's true. (laughs) You're not nobody. Oh, man. Okay, six times we applied for funding for our church without success. I'm almost done with my segment. And in December of last year, we submitted a request for funding to establish a center of influence. And I want to share with you that the budget that we requested was over seven figure. The leadership had prayed together and we had asked, God, what do you have in store? What's next for our church? What direction should we take? The application was accepted. 
we've received approval to establish a child care, a wellness hub, and a leadership training center. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, how is our church going to handle a child care center, a wellness hub, and a leadership training center? We've partnered, we're, we're in the midst of a partnership with Adventist Schools Victoria, where we're asking Adventist Schools Victoria to manage um, the operations and, and ownership of the child care center. Uh, but having the child care center near the church provides an opportunity for us as a church um, to minister to the community that comes in through the child care center. As as there are more and more young families that are that are starting in our church, we thought that there's a natural bridge. Um, you know, we we have two children now, and there's just something about having children that it's just so incredibly difficult. And there's there's nothing like suffering that brings a community together. And so we thought it might be good. It might be a good opportunity to to really establish strong connections with the community through a child care center. Uh, we're, we're also in the midst of partnering with the division. Um, as you know, or for those of you who may not know, the division has a program called Elia Wellness, and they're providing different online resources uh, and and support uh, to provide um, health ministry to the to the community. Uh, we find we find that they're. Um, the resources are quite good. We're also partnering with a union to establish a leadership training um, center for not just Victoria or not just the city of Melbourne, not just Victoria, but the union as well. And so we'll be working with Lindell and, and Brendan Pratt um, as we establish a leadership training center. As you know, the pandemic has brought a few challenges and we're working through what it means and we're looking forward to seeing how God will lead. But in the meantime, I want to encourage you, let's press together. Let's remember where we've come from, and let's, uh, excuse me, let's remember where we've come from to see where God will lead us in the future. We're going to enter into a time of, uh, of Thanksgiving where um, we specifically want to um, thank you, Derek. And so I'm just going to invite Jinha to come here <laughs> and see if she could make it through. <laughs> Every time Roy got emotional, he would look at me, and I'm like weeping in a corner, and he would laugh at me. So <clears throat> I try to get through this without making a complete fool of myself. Um, and by the way, on Zoom, Derek um, and others, we'll, we'll get to thank you more personally, but we wanted to publicly um, be thankful because this is a Thanksgiving service and, and it's not just you. Um, it's, it's, we're just so overall thankful to God. You know, Paul, who was, who was a powerful Christian missionary in the first century, he endured beating and stoning and whipping and imprisonment and, and more to share Jesus um, and plant new churches in the cities, in the major cities um, where in, in, in that, in the Roman empire. You know, cities like Rome and Philippi and, and Corinth. These are huge cities where he planted churches and he wrote letters to them. And I've always wondered, how can he be so thankful? Because he, he repeats in all his letters how thankful he is and how important it is to give thanks. And I've always wondered, how can he be so thankful when his circumstances are so poor, right? When, when, when he's going through so much suffering and hardship, not just, you know, he, he had physical problems, he had financial hardship, he, he had to make tents on the side to, um, I don't know why that's making me emotional. <laughs> he had to make tents so that he could continue to travel to do ministry. Um, 
And he had personal attacks by people with inside the church and outside the church who said he wasn't good enough. Attacks by secular leaders, attacks by other religious leaders. Everyone wanted to stop this guy, but he was thankful. And, I, and as I've spent this past few weeks preparing for this Thanksgiving service, I realized my heart was just full of gratitude, even though there were tough times in the past two years. Both as a church, you know, there were times because Melbourne is very transitory. There were times one year, I forget exactly, I think 2016 or something. There was one year where like four of our really core, strong leaders, you know, people like Vanessa and Métis and Lily. Um, and we had a few others as well, like all left because they moved away. And it was devastating for our, our little church of like, 30, you know, to lose like a quarter of our population. Um, there were times for our church that were really difficult. There were times for um, us as a family that were really difficult. As, as Roy said, you know, children remind you <laughs> how how uh, sinful of a world we live in. Um, and, and just, you know, we had two babies along this journey. Um, there have been, you know, spiritual challenges and personal challenges for for us as a, as individuals and as a family and of course for all of you as well you've all experienced um, challenges in the past eight years but looking back my heart was just so full of gratitude because there was one thing that remained constant god has been so faithful god has been so faithful <laughs> i'm such a mess he provided us, a leadership team that has been faithful through their ups and downs, their twists and turns. And, you know, when we have leadership meetings uh, regularly, this past leadership meeting, we've got two sets of, 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 of couples with young babies that they're juggling and they still made it to leadership meeting. And so thank you, Sam and Michael, James and and um, Galen and Janelle and Sharon for your service over the years. And there are many others, you know, we're so thankful for, for the core who has been so dedicated to our church, you know, whether it's the media team, you know, Ben and, and, and Caroline and, and Kim for so many years setting up things. Um, and Ketson every week edits these YouTube live videos. Um, and whenever once in a while we'll be like, can you edit out that part where I was like really awful? And he's just so accommodating. And so, you know, every week he's, he's editing these videos. Um, and I, we can't name everybody, but you know, those of you who who help come and greet earlier in the morning. Those of you who help, you know, Pauline and, and um, others who, uh, Eric and Sharon and others who've helped with social media, with our websites, with our small groups. You know, Emma and Kieran um, and, and, uh, used to be helping us in the city um, and now um, the Bylan family. And, and there's so many people who make our church happen and, and are responsible for the many blessings that have come out of it. And so my heart is just full of gratitude and I wish I could name you all, but, uh, but we'll be here forever. Um, so back to Paul, you know, in second Corinthians chapter two, verse three, he says, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so because your faith is growing more and more and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. And I realized that this is why Paul was so thankful because he saw God's faithfulness and he saw 
that these people who didn't believe in God and who didn't have the peace of God in their hearts before, now their faith is growing more and more. And the love that they have for each other was growing, was increasing. And as I look back on the eight years, that's what fills my heart and Roy's heart with joy, is seeing your faith grow. Those of you who are part of our community, whether in person or, or online, seeing your faith grow, seeing the love that you have for each other grow, you know, that, that makes us so happy. And so we want to thank God for each one of you for being a part of our church community. And we want to thank each one of you for, for all you've done to, you know, um, to help each other and to help us connect with God um, and to have this wonderful church community. And as we mentioned before, um, we especially want to thank you, Derek, today. Um, the reason we're having this service today, and, you know, we could have this every year, but the reason we're having it today is because um, it was supposed to be our last Sabbath at 500 Collins Street today because um, they have to vacate their, um, Derek has to vacate that level um, because they're moving, you know, they're in a time of transition. And so we just want to say how grateful we are for providing us an amazing seven and a half years. Um, and our, our cup really overflows. Um, and so Derek, we will thank you in person on zoom in a minute, but, um, please also thank everyone at professional advantage for their kindness. You know, there were more than a few times when our boys left little hot wheel cars under, under the table or broke something. And you guys were always so gracious and, and accommodating to us. Um, and we just want to acknowledge your incredible role in making our church possible. Um, I just want to read a final verse, Bible verse. In Proverbs eleven twenty five, it says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And this is our prayer and blessing for you. We're just going to show a slideshow now. Um, I want to thank Mervyn for making this slideshow and, and putting... Um, this together for us. Hi everyone. Um, it's been a while. Just wanted to share a message with you guys about the, well, how that church was when we were in Melbourne. Um, it was a very special time for us. We had just got married and we were settling into Melbourne life together as a couple and finding a church for us was something that we thought was very important and we wanted to find somewhere where we could just feel like it was an extended family and without trying too hard, you guys did that for us as a church. We felt very comfortable very quickly. Um, you all welcomed us into your homes, welcomed us part of the church. And we often spoke about the church and said how we felt that it's very rare that you go into a church and feel like you're part of it from the off. And you guys have a special way of making visitors feel like they've been there for a long time. So yeah, Melbourne will always have a special place in our hearts because of the first year of marriage, but also the fact that we feel now that we've got people that we need to go and visit again, which we hopefully will do very soon. Okay, I thought you're just doing everything now. Um, oh. No. <laughs> I also wanted to say that we absolutely loved your church and it made us feel like family. You just said that. But I remember Googling churches in Melbourne and then coming to you guys, it was really such a big, yeah, blessing. And we feel like we've got friends on the other side of the world. We do hope that we get to see you again one day. Um, I doubt we'll be do doing a plane ride anytime soon with this active little boy. And there's a second one on the way. Um, yeah, but we only see you. We hope that we get to see you again. And thanks for everything that you guys have meant for us. Yes, um, yes. And 
the memories we'll always cherish. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being the church that really welcomes people in and makes people feel a part of the family from the off. So, um, yeah, very special church, very special people. We miss you a lot and hopefully we'll get to see you soon. Do you want to say anything? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bonjour from Paris, I'm Métis. I attended the church from around 2013 to um, 2014. I wish that I can be with you all today. So, what does the church mean to me? Uh, it's, uh, it means a lot. Uh, it's not only a place where I can learn more about God's love, but also really experience uh, God's love through uh, the, the help and the kindness that everyone uh, has given to me. So I really hope and pray that you will find a new place uh, for worship very soon. Uh, God bless, take care, and I hope that I can come and visit again. Thank you, bye-bye. I remember the early discussions about establishing a church in the city and talking about what kind of church we were hoping for and talking about wanting one that was open and friendly and that promoted discussion and thinking about ideas and it was such a privilege to be a part of the start of a new church with so many possibilities ahead of it and it's just been amazing to watch it grow and become such a beautiful and dynamic community. And now that this church is looking into a new stage and a new place, there are again amazing possibilities ahead of you guys. And I just can't wait to see where this amazing community goes and how it adapts and grows. And I'll be praying for you guys and God bless. Hi everyone, happy Sabbath and happy anniversary. Um, my name is Vanessa, for those of you that don't know, I um, used to come to MCAC between 2014-2015 when I was doing my teaching degree. Um, what I found in the church was community, um, a second family, a home away from home. Um, I loved being there, it was my support through whatever challenges I had um, and I loved having some people there to be able to um, enjoy the good times as well and celebrate with me. Um, I remember doing Bible studies with Jinha and um, I was so blessed to have these wonderful women um, around me that, that knew uh, the Word, that knew God so well and just inspired me to continue learning. Um, and uh, and Bible studies at Galen's house was just it was just the the um, icing on the uh, on the cake for the end of the week. So um, I I really am happy to see how uh, you guys have grown and the places that you're going. And um, I really I wish you all the best. So God bless. So those are just some of the people who were part of our church that moved away. Let me just um, close this portion with a quick word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful that um, you gave us uh, an opportunity to start something new and to build a community. And um, looking back at the past eight years, Father God, um, there have been so many miracles so many moments where we hit a wall, where, where things seemed impossible, and you provided. 
And we want to thank you for every single person you've brought into our church, whether for a season or who are still with us now. We're so grateful for um, each and every single person because there are there are precious souls who have um, made decisions to, to, to want to explore what it means to grow in faith and to grow in church community. And they've made an impact on us. And we've been blessed by every single one of them. And Father, as we... Um, continue to share and as we continue to give thanks today um, we just want to acknowledge that you are the one who made all this possible and we just pray for your blessing on our church as we um, you know go through a time of transition now um, as we face um, yeah another I guess opportunity for you to provide in, in a miraculous way as, as we um, try to establish a center of influence it's it's a ginormous task but Father, we, we trust that you who have led us thus far, um, you have a plan for us in the future. So thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.